Investigating the Fermi Paradox with Jonathan Jong. I'm just an ordinary guy. I've been working at the JPL since 1999. Before that, I'm a postdoc at McGill University in Canada. Then I did my degree in Toronto. Currently, I'm a scientist at JPL. And introducing special guest, William Rowden. I'm a former co-worker of Lance's with lifelong interest in science fiction and science. This series started in episode 133. Why don't you go ahead and talk about the conclusions of your paper? Because it talks about topology of the galaxy mm-hmm. and the time frame. Yeah, I guess that's about it. Those are two unique features to me that you brought up with this paper that I've never seen before. We have the galaxy models, okay? We have the star formation models. Not only models, we have a lots of observation to prove that. We have a lots of knowledge. We know what is the mean sequence stars and so on. Besides that, the most important parameter, I mean, those parameters are somewhat not very known much is three, okay? So we have to play the game, okay, like random games. The first is probability of ambiogenesis. Okay, that's equation number five, we have to play the games. And another is evolution time, the time needed for the intelligence to appear, okay? This, yes, we also played. You know, it's like another parameters. The third is self-destruction rate, okay? The probability of self-destructions. So in a computer game, you know, uh, our model is that those three parameters we play random, okay? It's called Poisson processes. Besides that, every other thing, you know, is, is objective, you know? Uh, is, uh, and we have literatures to back up. Even the supernova, the rate of supernova and distribution of supernovas, and we have observations right. for that, yeah. What is the impact in that you found on the rate of supernovas on the probability of extraterrestrial okay. intelligence? Yes. This is very makes sense, which is not hard. Okay, this is figure number three. And also, um, figure number two is... Uh, Professor Yak Yang likes that because he wants to show the equilibrium of about 50 billion years. But all those number one and number two, it shows the density of the civilization, intelligent density, where they distributed in terms of space and time. Okay? And it's about 4 kpc from the center and 8 billion years from the beginning. Mm. Now, figure number three is uh, the supernova destroyed life. Okay, number of the life being destroyed by supernova based on the criteria is about the same. It's about the same. It's, you know, the most life will be destroyed about 4 kpc from the center, <laughs> you know, 8 billion years from the beginning. But this makes sense because there's more people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the figure number uh, three is not that important. Uh, and yeah, because my students like that, they don't want to show that. Okay, let's show that. Yeah. So there's nothing special like supernova. 
there are some research say if sun like star exploded, okay, if you are within 25 or 26 light years, your ozone will be gone. If the ozone will be gone, okay, then, you know, we are exposed to the UV radiation, you know, so we are in danger. Mm-hmm. So, so we sort of picked that number as a criteria uh, to do that. Of course, the density of the supernovae is proportional to, to the density of stars itself. And bigger the stars, you know, more, more explosive. M dog, no, okay, but, uh, you know, and yeah, we know from the observation and so we know the properties of stars. So here's how I, I interpreted the paper, and I may have some misinterpretations, but the, so the galaxy is this large, large area of space, mm-hmm. and, and we are out on sort of on, on the edge of it. That's right, yes. Not exactly, but roughly. And, and the models you're working on show that most of the civilizations will come up, I would say, a quarter of the distance or mm-hmm. from the center of the galaxy. Right. And, you know, honestly, I may have misunderstood something here, but... You're saying we're the oldest civilization. So, so because uh, today, how old's the universe? Is it? Uh, it's about thirteen point seven billion ah, years okay. of the universe, and we are plus four billion. Yes. One thing I, I should point out is um, the sun is not first first generation stars. Right. Okay? There we are. There's something before our sun. It yeah. is dead. Okay. So that's why. The universe is 13.7 billion years old. Okay. We are the later part yeah. of the universe appears. The figure number four, uh, figure number four is uh, once life appeared, okay, how long they can survive, okay, and how long they can survive. So although the most life appears eight billion years after Big Bang, yeah, okay, but we are now 13 billion years, okay. Right. So, so they're not, not much older than us. It means that they're already dead. Okay. So that's a long tail. Okay. Probably there's a few, maybe same age as us, are older of that. But uh, if I increase the self-destruction rate a little bit, yeah. <laughs> it will be gone. Yeah. It's, it's very sensitive. Uh-huh. We are not ruling out their civilizations much older than us. I'm just saying it's unlikely to be a lot. Yeah. Okay. So the most is say young. Okay. So that's probably offers a clue to the Fermi hypothesis. And we are latecomers and we are still young. To the extent we don't know how to travel to the stars. We are very vulnerable because we living on a tiny rock with limited resources. Think about that. And we uh, hate each other. We try to kill each other. Okay? To me, you know, the, this is not scientific question anymore. This is other field. Maybe maybe sociology, okay? In order for life to survive, two things. There's two things which is contradict to each other. One is, it's about love. You know, man and woman, you know, the reason they want to feel love is because they want to survive, they want to produce kids, mm. okay? 
right? So they want to survive. Another thing is they fight each other. The reason they fight is because they want more space, more territory in order to expand. Okay, but this is sometimes because of that. Because the second thing, they they they, they kill each other. Okay, sometimes they they just destroy altogether. <laughs> Yeah, this is hard. These things are not solved by science. I'm telling you, survive does not mean even next hundred years. Survive does not mean next four years, of course. Next hundred years. Survive means millions of years into the future until you can travel to the stars. That means the survive for the civilizations. We are not able to do that yet.、Hmm. And people don't understand. Nobody interested. You know.、Yeah. Even I published this paper. You know, if I and I try to explain it to my wife. You know, she said, you know, not that interested. You know? <laughs> Because people are interested. People think, oh, this is too far removed. Okay, they only look at next week. You know,、yeah. maybe、uh, in twenty years. Oh, my daughter will have a kid. Or maybe next four years. Okay, people. That's only all the focus on all the fight, all the hate. Yeah. All the love is in the near term. Nobody interested in the long term. Well, I liked I liked your paper because I'm interested in the survival of the human species. I, 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 I'd like to see us stay around.、Um, it kind of reminded me of the Doomsday Clock, where the bulletin of atomic scientists sort of estimate how close we are to self destruction.、Oh, except you've got you're much more quantitative, right? They they estimate their times based on their perception of the risks that you mentioned: the nuclear war, climate change, or you know even pandemic. Makes they they come the they kind of come up with an estimate of time remaining based on that. But you've actually quantified with、uh, probabilities,、mm -hmm. um, you know how low the probability has to be for long-term survival.、Mm -hmm. Yes, you are very right. Maybe I, I'm a little bit not optimistic, but、uh, yeah, this is true. The current situation tells us we are walks towards. The extinction. We already very close. Giving our advanced technology, you know, its expansion very fast. So, once Steve Hawking passed away, you know, I sort of thinking he's right because he was talking about we only have two hundred years, probably one thousand years the most before we self destruct. And、uh, people talking about moving to the Mars is not that easy. <laughs> right, it's not that easy. And also time scales involved. You know, we can only live, let's say, maximum maybe hundred years. Okay, hundred years is just like that. <laughs> you know, in the cosmic scales, the entire human written history, fourteen seconds, fourteen seconds. What will happen in the next second? We actually don't know. <laughs> But. Fermi paradox works on the time scale of billions of years,、right. and universe and the life itself works on the time scale of billions of years. So、uh, humans is very vulnerable. Look at the pandemic we are going through now.、Right. The death rate is low. Thank God, you know, death rate is low. You know, if some pandemic death rate is high,、yeah. you know, and so we are doomed. So I think this is to me. 
we got to be very serious if, if we want to survive. It's the 22nd century, and although there's no faster-than-light drive, governments and religious organizations fund voyages by giant ships that spend multiple generations in voyage to Earth-like exoplanets. Young Arcady feels blessed to be born aboard the ship when he did because the ship will soon reach its destination and it will happen during his lifetime. But he's heartbroken that instead of being trained as a pilot, he is stuck training to be a farmer because those skills are more important for creating their civilization and completing the abandonment of Earth and the troubles they left behind. But once their ship makes planetfall, the strife left behind a millennia ago resurfaces, starting with the murder of his sister. After the mysterious disappearance of other generation ships, Arcady now, an officer of the Space Force, suspects that someone close to him is killing his people. This murder investigation Space Opera is a novelette by Lancer Kind and it's called Memories Victims. It is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble's Nook. Open up your podcast player and check out the show notes that came with the show and you will see links that are about the matters we've talked about for example, you'll find a link to the paper that was authored by Shang Tai of San Diego High School, Corona, California. Jonathan H. Zhang, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, California Institute of Technology, Pasadena, California. Kirsten A. Fay. She's also of JPL. Yuk L. Yung. Division of Geological and Planetary Sciences, California Institute of Technology, Pasadena, California. And you'll find other things like references and links to Fermi Paradox and anything else that we talk about in the show, I put it in there so you can have the details. If you don't have the show notes and you're not using a podcast player, go back to the website where you downloaded this MP3. If you're like my friend Lori and you missed the first episode, go find the archive by typing in Lancer Sci-Fi Thoughts Archive. And from there, search for episode 133. Next episode, more Jonathan Zhang from JPL. One of the things you've said is that to survive annihilation, it's not so much a science problem, it's more of a social problem. So right. uh, one tool that can be used to change how people think is the stories we tell each other. So, hey, Jonathan, do you read science fiction and do you have a science fiction novel you'd like to <laughs> recommend that's kind of yeah. thematically connected mm -hmm. with your paper? Mm -hmm.